Coming up on Mayo Clinic Q&A. Race is more impacted by, in terms of diagnosis and treatment of COVID-19 than gender is. In addition to a whole lot of social, behavioral, and economic reasons cause these uh, patients to be at a higher risk of uh, severe disease uh, because of delayed healthcare utilization and coming to the healthcare system. The COVID-19 pandemic has brought social and racial inequality to the forefront of public health. To help close these healthcare disparities and to provide proper healthcare for everyone, communication and engagement can be the key. Community engagement has been really important in terms of getting people uh, to understand how does COVID-19 affect them, how we can mitigate this uh, pandemic, for us to be really going to the communities of color and other underrepresented minorities to really kind of help them understand and help them get healthcare. Welcome everyone to Mayo Clinic Q&A. I'm your host, Dr. Helena Gazalka. Gender and racial equity in healthcare has been a topic of discussion in recent years, and the COVID pandemic has highlighted many inequities in our system. Racial and ethnic minority groups are being disproportionately affected by COVID-19, and research shows that minorities are at increased risk of poor COVID-19 outcomes. Here to discuss with us is Mayo Clinic infectious disease expert and one of our very own COVID experts, Dr. Abhinash Virk. Welcome to the program, Abhinash. Thank you. Thank you for having me here today. Abhinash, what a fascinating topic. And I cannot help but wonder, as I'm sure our listeners do, how do race and or gender affect diagnosis and treatment of COVID? Race is more impacted by, uh, in terms of diagnosis and treatment of COVID-19 than gender is. Uh, women uh, uh, are more likely to go to the healthcare providers to get healthcare, and so maybe easier for them to uh, get the diagnosis and also to access healthcare. However, when we look at race, race is a particularly uh, uh, important aspect of COVID-19 in terms of diagnosis and treatment, mainly because uh, people in uh, people of color and people of ethnic minorities are in jobs that make it harder for them to access healthcare, are in jobs that don't allow them to take time off from work, uh, and therefore there's a delay in diagnosis. They also have difficulty accessing testing uh, so that they can actually know that they have a diagnosis. Uh, the other thing that is important with uh, minorities uh, and also people of color is that um, a lot of them live in multi-generational housing, so the diagnosis is more likely to happen in those groups. Uh, and then finally, in terms of treatment, many of them will delay getting treatment because of uh, not having healthcare insurance, having difficulty in healthcare access, um, or not being allowed to leave from work to uh, be able to you know, go get treatment. And so all of these factors, uh, in, including things like economic hardships, uh, make it harder for the um, people of color or ethnic minorities in terms of diagnosis and treatment. Abhinash, why, did, why would race um, contribute to worse outcomes in COVID-19? I think that's an excellent question. This is something that you know we uh, learned through the COVID-19 pandemic that People of uh, color and of uh, minority groups have a higher risk of um, healthcare conditions that increase the risk of severity, such as uh, having a diagnosis of obesity, hypertension, metabolic disease, or cardiovascular diseases are disproportionately higher in this group. 
But that, in addition to a whole lot of social, behavioral, and economic reasons, uh, caused these uh, patients to be at a higher risk of uh, severe disease uh, because of delayed healthcare utilization and coming to the healthcare system. Why would gender have any effect on COVID outcomes? So gender really, uh, what we find is that SARS-CoV-2 uh, equally affects men and women. However, women have fortunately slightly lower risk of mortality and severity uh, from COVID-19. And that, they may, that may be from social behavioral reasons as well as some uh, advantages that we have in terms of immune system uh, differences between men and women. However- Just because women will go to the doctor maybe, Avinash. Women go to the doctor more often, and also maybe our estrogen helps us a little bit in terms of our immune responses. And there are some other uh, specific kind of mechanistic reasons that could be behind uh, the differences in mortality and severity. Additionally, the other area that we find is that vaccines uh, cause uh, slightly higher risk of side effects in women than they do in men. Interesting. Uh, so these are some of the gender-related COVID-19 differences. You, you mentioned this very briefly before, but just where someone lives in the country, so whether they live rurally or in an urban setting, um, make a difference in um, diagnosis and uh, COVID management and outcomes? Yes, yeah, so uh, people who live in rural areas have a higher risk of uh, COVID-19, uh, partly because of difficulty in access to healthcare, uh, and also uh, educational levels may have some impact in that. Clearly, it's been shown all through the pandemic that people in rural areas have a higher risk. The other uh, uh, part that is important is uh, people who are a little bit more socially vulnerable, meaning that they have uh, uh, difficulty in terms of uh, the type of jobs they have, the difficulty accessing healthcare, coming, uh, having transportation, or uh, living in a multi-generational housing, uh, have a slightly higher risk of uh, COVID-19 infection. And those areas are geographically uh, identified based on various factors that we know, uh, you know, that those are pockets of infections are higher in those uh, socially vulnerable groups. Avanash, is there anything that you and I and others as healthcare workers can do to improve um, outcomes in COVID-19 for some of these uh, individuals who are having worse outcomes now? Uh, yeah, you know, I really think that uh, we as healthcare providers need to continue to educate people, uh, you know, give them all the scientific information so that it's not a biased information that we're providing them so that they can believe in us, they can trust what we're telling them. In addition, I think it's really important for us to listen to their individual concerns if they are not getting a vaccination because of certain uh, you know, misconceptions. Uh, it's important for us to listen to them and specifically address those. And what we find through the COVID-19 pandemic, particularly through the vaccination program that we've had over the last year, is that community engagement has been really important in terms of getting uh, people uh, to understand, uh, you know, how does COVID-19 affect them, how we can mitigate this uh, pandemic, uh, and for us to be really going to the communities of color and other underrepresented minorities to really kind of you know, help them understand and help them get uh, healthcare. What can our listeners do, if anything, to help improve uh, outcomes for all Americans? 
I think the important thing that our listeners can do is to really share, uh, you know, uh, authenticated uh, uh, information, uh, validated information with our patients. And also, uh, you know, for non-healthcare uh, people, it's important to make sure you're getting your information from a uh, authentic source uh, so that it, it's vetted, it's correct, it's going to give you the right information to make uh, make it easier for you to make decisions for yourself and your families. I thought maybe you were going to throw in that they should get vaccinated. Of course. <laughs> we love to say that at every opportunity that we have. I love to say that at every opportunity. And, uh, you know, there are still lots of opportunities for people to get vaccinated. Interestingly, what we find is that people that are people are fairly behind in terms of boosters. The uptake of boosters was uh, slower than what we really expected it to be in the U.S. So, yes, people really need to get their boosters, especially with the Omicron, um, you know, um, variant coming on into the United States. And getting children vaccinated, too, has been slower, I think, right? Than yes, yeah. it is slower. So getting children vaccinated, all the five and above, and hopefully sooner, uh, soon we'll have information about children less than five years of age. What made you interested in um, studying this topic of um, inequity related to COVID-19? It's, uh, you know, uh, it was interesting to see in the hospital how many patients uh, were uh, of uh, Hispanic descent that were in the hospital uh, for all of our hospitals, particularly in the Midwest, and how, uh, you know, late they presented, how severe they were. And it was just kind of interesting to find out why is this and what is happening uh, in the country? And correspondingly, we were also looking at uh, vaccination rates among the Hispanic and African-American populations. And what we found was those were also behind. And so it was, it was kind of interesting to see why is that happening and how can we you know, help mitigate this uh, as we go forward. Well, thank you so much for the work that you're doing, Avinash. And thank you for being here to share with our listeners today. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Our thanks to Dr. Abhinash Virk, infectious disease expert at Mayo Clinic and a local COVID-19 expert for being here today to talk with us about uh, inequities related to COVID. I hope that you learned something. I know that I did. And we wish each of you a wonderful day. Mayo Clinic Q&A is a production of the Mayo Clinic News Network and is available wherever you get and subscribe to your favorite podcasts. To see a list of all Mayo Clinic podcasts, visit newsnetwork.mayoclinic.org. Then click on podcasts. Thanks for listening and be well. We hope you'll offer a review of this and other episodes when the option is available. Comments and questions can also be sent to Mayo Clinic News Network at mayo.edu.